Lord, uh, we thank you for the opportunity you give us to grow as your servants um, in the work of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you have given us, Lord, to learn uh, with and through Judy. And we pray, Lord, that uh, what you have for us to learn tonight, that you'll give us ears to hear um, and hearts that are receptive. We, we pray, Lord God, for greater opportunity, Lord, to be bearers of the good news, those who communicate the good news, Lord God, that you have given us. And uh, so we pray that uh, you teach us how to be faithful and to be available and ready, instant, in season, and out of season. We pray that you speak to us tonight in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. So tonight is um, is your class because you get to ask questions, and um, I may be able to answer them and I may not. I hope that you thought of some questions to bring, um, but the rabbis are going to help us answer the questions Maybe. because they're so learned, and I'm not. Um, learned is past tense, though. Uh, what's that? Verb in Greek that has past action it's with perfect. lasting, it's lasting that. results. It's, it's that tense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, what are your questions? Uh, don't tell me you don't have any because I, I don't believe that. I think we heard from Bill that the relationship is everything. Could you sort of build on that a bit and just understand how I suppose each one is an individual? issue but I think the most important thing about relationship is a matter of trust because you know people people have to trust you first before they're going to be open to what you say if um, if they don't know you I mean there's there's different kinds of time there's different kinds of encounters sometimes you you could meet somebody on a plane say yeah. and you're never going to see them again unless they're super interested and then they might give you their information but that that doesn't happen a lot in those kind of encounters it's usually you have a conversation and you never see them again so trust isn't really a big issue I think people sense your honesty though and um, they also sense your attitude like if you're if you have a loving attitude if you have a, an attitude where you're concerned about somebody or if you have an arrogant attitude where I'm just going to tell you what's right, people, people pick up on that right away. So um, in those kind of cases, it's not so much trust, but it's more of a sense of where you're coming from, what kind of person are you, do you sincerely care about somebody, do you, do you have something that's worthwhile that you want to give to them. If you, if you come at it from that perspective, I think they feel it. Um, but then there is the other side where you have a neighbor or you have a family member or you have a friend <coughs> or you have a coworker. And you you know, it's not a it's not a one time encounter. It's when you, you're gonna be seeing them over a period of time. And then you have to kind of build on it. Um I I think one thing that's really important is to ask God for openings. Because I think a lot of times we think it's all it's all up to us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how can I do this and how can I tell them? 
And if you pray, if you pray for openings and you just be their friend, um, then they, you know, then they, and then you have time to build that trust. And then when you ask God for openings, I, God honors that prayer, and He'll give them to you. And it may just be a little bit that you get to say, well, then pray for another opening. You know, and you have to you have to rely on God to give you those, and and you have to rely on God to help you to know what to say to them. Um, the more you, the more scripture you know, especially from the Old Testament and messianic uh, scriptures and prophecies and that kind of thing. Um, and there's there's so many books out there. I I gave you some suggestions when I gave you the first. I can't remember if it's, I think it was the second handout. But if you want it again, I could get it for you. Um, but there's just so many books out there that you can read that will help you be more prepared. But, um, you know, people people need to trust you, and they need to know you're sincere, and they don't want to feel like you're, you're trying to prove to them that something's right. They, they, want to, they want to feel more like, well, first of all, if you're living the right kind of life as a believer, People are going to sense something different about you, and you should be um, exhibiting the fruits of the spirit. And you know, sometimes they'll watch you go through. And we talked about this before, but sometimes they'll watch you go through a crisis, or even just a stressful situation, and and they can see how you're handling it. And and or they may be going through a stressful stressful situation, and and you come alongside and support them in whatever way you can, either by telling them you're praying for them or just being helpful or uh, sometimes just listening to them. But n they feel, they can, people can feel when you care about them. And, and when they feel that, then they're going to be more open to what you say to them. Then if, and then if you've got the kind of attitude, well, you should really, you know, think this way and I'm going to tell you why. That's, nobody, nobody likes that. Virginia, I'm supposed to be answering questions. So how do you, or does any of that get accomplished in your experience when you're in the chat room and stuff? Do you think, or do you think, if not, I'm assuming not, but how does any of that transfer? Yes and yes and no, and it depends on the person. <coughs> like, um, a lot of times people will come on because they're needy, mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll they'll express prop, they'll talk about problems that they're having in your life, mm -hmm. in their life, and and you know I always would I haven't chatted in a while because. Yeah, it's a Juice for Jesus website. Yeah. So people come on. I mean, a lot of times it's Gentiles that just want to know about Jewishness, Jewish holidays, or why do Jewish people think this? And a lot of them are like that. And then you get the ones that are religious Jewish people that come on and they just want to, they just want to challenge you. Uh, you know, because they think you're wrong to believe in Jesus, so they start asking you questions, and they make a lot of accusations. Like, what's very common is that the New Testament um, twists Old Testament verses, and they just come up with all kinds of arguments. And some of them are mean. Some of them are very sincere and kind. Um, but pretty much they're there because they want to they want to challenge you and they want to tell you that you're wrong and if you're Jewish especially they try to get you to sometimes they'll even say I want to bring you back you know you're being deceived stuff like that and then there's every once in a while you get somebody that's sincerely 
seeking answers. Mm -hmm. And those are the fun ones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes when they're hurting, I'll tell them, well, I'll pray for you. And, like, sometimes I'll get people that have a Jewish friend. And they'll start asking me questions, like, what can I say to them? And, and this is what they said to me, or this is where we're at in our relationship, and what can I do? And, and you know, then I'll kind of coach them. So there's, there's a lot of different situations on the chat rooms. Um, I have two questions. But the first one you just alluded to, so I'm, I want clarification. So I'm, and both of my questions are, help me understand. Um, you just referred to, you said, did you refer to them as a religious Jew? What was the term you used? Very religious, where they really know the scriptures and... Uh... So what would be the difference? What, what, would that be orthodox? Would that be... Help me understand what, what that means. Would they be... When I say they're very religious? Yeah. Usually orthodox, but not necessarily, but usually. Okay, so, what's, so orthodox means what? Um, well, there's different kinds of Jewish synagogues. There's Orthodox, and then there's very there's variations on that, and then there's um, Conservative, and there's Reform. So each, each Conservative is a little more liberal. Reform's very very liberal. Um, I'm not an expert. The rabbis could probably answer that way better than me, but I mean. Basically, the Orthodox are just, they work really, really hard to keep the commandments um, and, and to live by the Mosaic Law. <coughs> and they know scriptures better than, like, a Reformed Jew probably wouldn't know much scripture. They might know some, but okay. not a lot. Not a lot. Conservative would probably know more. But the Orthodox, they know the scriptures, and they... Um, they're just more uh, religiously trained hmm. and very influenced by their rabbis. Um, do you remember the story I told you about the guy in Israel that went out on his lunch break and somebody showed up and gave him a Bible, a New Testament? Do you remember hmm. that story I told you? Well, he was Orthodox. Mm -hmm. Guy Cohen, you guys know Guy Cohen? Yeah. And he was Orthodox and his rabbi told him, and this is common, this is not uncommon, um, that you're, you're not allowed to read the New Testament. It's, it's an anti-Semitic book, and you, you, you're, you're forbidden to read it. And um, so he didn't. And then he read a verse, a messianic verse in um, Zechariah about that the Messiah would, be, would come riding on a, on a donkey. And he talked to his rabbi about it because somehow I think he knew that Jesus came riding on a donkey. Mm -hmm. He told the story, and it was a few years ago, so I don't remember all the details, but I remember the highlights. And he, he talked to his rabbi about it, and he said, and the rabbi said, well, that doesn't mean a donkey. It just means some mode of transportation. Like he tried to make it a very general thing. And he was, he was Israeli, this guy, so he could read the scriptures in Hebrew, not like most of us can't, and he knew that it said donkey. Mm -hmm. So it bothered him that his rabbi gave him that answer. And then he started noticing other things like um, in the synagogue, um, people that gave a lot of money were given favor, and he just saw some things that rubbed him the wrong way. So it started to bother him. And, but he was still, you know, 
he didn't he didn't he wasn't too much of a rebel and then one day he went out on a lunch break it was a nice day and I think he said he was an accountant but anyway he went out in this little town in Israel and he said usually there were people everywhere and there was nobody around and he was just sitting there enjoying the fresh air and this guy came up to him and gave him a New Testament and then he kind of disappeared so here he had this New Testament and he knew something was strange and he started reading it and he got saved so um, because he take me back to the question again because now I forgot what your question was <laughs> well I was just basically because you, you had called him a religious Jew but, I, but then I said what's the difference and so I was just orthodox conservative I don't I don't understand would you find all of those types at one synagogue no 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 one, one uh, item that might be helpful uh, orthodox accept rabbinic tradition at face value uh, everybody else does not um, and so um, the, the orthodox uh, determine that keeping the Torah um, is done according to what the rabbis say. And so uh, the notion that doesn't fly with, with definitely not with the, with the reform, but even with the conservative. The conservative are a lot more liberal these days than they used to be. You're talking about like, you know, kind of degrees of religiosity, perhaps, if that makes any sense? <clears throat> So orthodox, like Jesus says, religious Jews, like, I mean, that may or may not be orthodox, but it's degree, degrees of, you know, if you can look at it in terms of, the, like, Christians, let's say, there might be Christians who only go to church twice a year, or sure. just when there's an event there. Then there are ones that come every single week, and even amongst that, there might be a sect that really take it seriously, other ones that are checking, <coughs> checking a box, because there could be uh, Jewish people, that are, I mean, there are members of any of these synagogues have membership. These are people who are paying to be members of the, the synagogue. Mm -hmm. So you could have a reform synagogue that's full of people that really, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a, it's a country club. I don't know exactly, but the point is they're going every week and they're participating. There's a lot of activities and so forth. So there's kind of just degrees of, of you know, uh, observances. And the, and the observances are probably going to be more or less rabbinic type of observances if somebody's an observant or religious Jew. It's not like we think of maybe, oh, a, a person that comes on Sunday versus a person coming on Sunday and reads the Bible. You're talking about someone that comes to Shabbat service, someone that comes to synagogue, and then someone that comes and does all the, quote, stuff. They, they're keeping kosher. They're, they're praying the, the prayers, not praying freely before meals or something, but they're praying the prescribed prayers and so on. So I don't know if that helps at all, but that's... It does. It yeah. does. I think you can find it, like you said, within any And she's probably experiencing somebody that's you know, may not even know a lot, but they certainly know just the idea of Jews for Jesus probably rubs them very wrong. There are some that really get rubbed very wrong that way, mm -hmm. because it is such in their mind uh, an oxymoron in a, in, a, in a real way, you know. And also there's people called anti-missionaries. They're Jewish and they're, they're out to, they're out to prove that any Jews that believe in Jesus are wrong. Yeah. That's, that's their purpose. Now my next question, if I could, I don't want to take up more than my time. Um, I have a friend, known her since college, who's Jewish by birth, and well, he's Jewish, <laughs> and and um, it's almost like 
She's embarrassed. Embarrassed about what? Being to Jewish? Embarrassed to be Jewish? Yeah. And so to approach her to even discuss, to start that, this, I mean, that that is something that she doesn't want to talk about. She doesn't want that to be even a part of any conversation. Not well, not that I would. It's not like I point that out. I just know that it's just been a real point of contention. Help me understand her identity her. as a Jewish person. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know if I can answer that well, question. I don't know her. Her particular issue, like like. Um, Okay, I'm going to guess I'm maybe a little younger than you. Maybe your friends your age? Yeah. So I can tell you when I grew up, I mean, even, even in the 70s, I, I experienced some persecution, and I knew I was different. I wasn't allowed in a particular friend's house, I remember. Wow. And because I was Jewish, it wasn't like I didn't know why. Like, I don't want that Jew in my house. Mm-hmm. His brother said, and I'm sure his brother heard it from his dad, because his brother seemed like an adult to me. He was probably you know, 14. Or <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that. And um, unfortunately, you know, we could fast forward 40 years and we're just about back there again in a lot of ways, it seems like. So I can say that I know that at that time, you know, I, I certainly knew I was different. I felt, I felt, you know, we were doing things differently. We were having, you know, I was maybe missing school on a day that no one else is missing school and all that kind of stuff. So all that to say, I don't know if your friend experience, I mean, again, even 10 years prior to that, the same kind of attitude? I think so. I think in the 50s and the 60s, I think for sure, there were Jewish kids getting beaten up in school and stuff like that. Is that her experience? I don't know. No. Could be. I'd love to know. I, she wouldn't be open to that, that yeah. conversation. There's another factor, and that is that uh, increasingly, especially with the younger generation, uh, being Jewish is not something that they want to identify with uh, because it, it is a means of separating and, and the notion of diversity is we are all we are all uh, we may be a little different but uh, the younger the younger generation particularly the Millennials uh, are choosing to leave Judaism mm-hmm. and they would say things such as my parents were Jews Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, with your friend, uh, maybe the the button is not a Jewishness, but the button <coughs> is okay. spirit spiritual things in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, life after death, just generally what happens, or um, how do you deal with with a problem of pain and suffering and so on. In other words, things that are more generic that you would talk to uh, the O'Briens or the Smiths next door. Right, right, right. Don't make it about, and I, and I have never. Um, I, I'm just saying that she's, she's very close to any, any sort of level of that, but I just happen to know. And I was curious if that was common for that generation. Well, it's, it's, I don't think it's common. It's that. It's also the notion that we are the chosen people has really gone out of favor for a lot of Jewish people mm-hmm. because that, that means that, that uh, you're talking about superiority as if we are superior to anybody else. Uh, and their attitude is we're like everybody else. And so the, the notion that uh, God has chosen Israel uh, is something that, particularly the more liberal folks, want to put away. 
we're humans. I would guess it is more unique, though, to, than the non-Catholic. I can imagine anybody saying, well, I don't want to say I'm Catholic, I don't want to say I'm whatever. I, can't, I wouldn't imagine it's as common. So it is a unique thing, I believe. Which is kind of makes it funny to me when people come to us and they, they want to search for the, you know, two-tenths of a milliliter of Jewish blood they have in their body, but they can, you're like, almost like, you realize the history of the people, you know what I mean? Like, why are you, you know? <laughs> I told a joke at the men's conference that no one is supposed to tell, but I said it, so something along those lines, but, um, you know, why would anybody kind of want to be actively Jewish? <laughs> you can tell her later tonight, by the way. If she, if she, if I was to share with her where we were attending right now, wow. <laughs> I mean, that would be just a, I, I don't know. I, I Try it, you might like it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a neighbor to say. She might be positive, you don't know. Yeah, you might. You have a neighbor that's the same way? Kind of the same way. Yeah, like her. But I mean, it sounds like this is a big she issue. She's from New York too. Thank you. <laughs> they just moved from New York. Over well, New Jersey. Thank you. Uh, it's to me, it sounds like there's something deeper there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't Got sound like it's something superficial. I was just curious if that was my a common response. There's, uh, by the way, there's a lot of self hatred among our people, oh. Uh, oh, really? which is a bizarre thing. But for example, you will find that uh, Jewish people are deeply involved in the BDS movement mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, and other anti-Israel uh, activity, mm -hmm. justifying by saying this is the state, uh, it's not anti-Semitism, which for anybody who grew up with any bit of, of history, you say Israel, the state of Israel may have issues, like any government, um, but this is a place where a push comes to shove that you can come to. Um, there definitely is self-hatred, and, and you see that you see that in all kinds of expressions. Uh, I hate who I am, kind of a thing. You know, my friend Gwen told me about too. Her told her so many stories from the Holocaust. Yes. She was traumatized. She was afraid to be a Jew. She was afraid she was going to be persecuted as a little girl. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Okay. Um, so I, I talked recently to one of the young Israelis that are like Solomon. They are, you know, they're selling those cosmetics at that new age. Oh, yeah. Event. I've talked to a few of those, too. So, yeah, and yeah, they're in the malls and, you know, they're everywhere, but they, she said, I used to be Orthodox, I'm married to an atheist now, and we have a really good relationship, but she said, you know, women don't have to read the Bible, and so I choose not to. Is that common in... That's what she It's did. kind of an old-fashioned thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it is. Uh, so, for example, uh, up until 20, 30 years ago, girls were, were not bat mitzvahed. Uh, you didn't have the equivalent of, uh, of the bar mitzvah for girls. So, Joy, for example, was confirmed uh, at 16. They did not have bat mitzvah. <coughs> 
and, and if you go further, like Judy was saying, uh, women had a very limited amount of religious education. Um, in fact, there was a movie called uh, Yentl. Yeah, I thought of that. I thought of that immediately. Yeah, which is she she chose to try and break break the mold, but uh, the men were the one who were who were studying. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, you've got all kinds of stuff going back, but at this point you have the majority of synagogues are led by women who are presidents of the synagogue. Wow. And you have female, and you have female rabbis, which have, you never used have, to have. Even have, not in an orthodox synagogue? They, they wow. yes, and, and now there, there are women, uh, women no, rabbis, even in, in uh, orthodox synagogues. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. The times, they are changing. Yeah. Wow. I think first I've heard about a female rabbi in an orthodox synagogue. Yeah. Wow. I have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> I know they have them in, in reform. In reform. reform and the only ones I know are some conservative. So depending on if the conservative means orthodox or means. Right, right. Well, in the synagogue that I went to when I was a child, um, up until about, I don't know, maybe 12 or so, and then it closed down, and that was the end of my, my synagogue days, but um, we, I wasn't, we weren't considered orthodox, but <coughs> the women and the men didn't sit in the, on the same side of the room. There was an aisle between us. Mechitza. Yeah. What's it called? Mechitza. Oh, okay. Yeah. It functioned. It was a. Yeah, function. It functioned as a mahitz. Yeah, a virtual. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a virtual wall. Yeah, and then and and um, in the traditional synagogue buildings, there was like the men would sit on the lower level, and then they had a balcony, and the women sat up in the balcony. That's what they do in mosques. Do they? No. There's some similarities. You know, you know the Muslims, they just took a lot of Jewish stuff and stole it from us. And, mm -hmm. and, and then they, they corrupted it with other things. They sent yeah. them wrong. We, did, we sat down in the balcony and tried it. Yeah. Going the women's. Yeah, all, all the old synagogue buildings are like that. The, the women's hmm. section was separate. It was like a Catholicism, too. If you travel overseas, you'll that way. Really? Yeah. If you go to Brazil. Until recently, Jewish people didn't turn against Israel and join things like BDS. That's right. Yeah. That just didn't happen. That's a that's a new thing. And really, I mean, it, the Jewish it's mostly in the universities that this is happening. And I think the reason it's happening is because Jewish people have a very strong sense of doing right and being good to their fellow humans. And so they get sucked into it. They get they get deceived. Um, they you know um, pe you know like 
they're told, you know, Israel's doing these terrible things to the Palestinians, and, and it's just horrible, and, you know, that, and they believe it. And then they don't look into it to find out what's really going on. They, they don't have an objective. It's not presented to them objectively. And so they, they get tricked into believing that they need to defend these poor Palestinians. And, you know, I, I'm not an expert on that by any means. But there's a history that you should know before you come to any conclusions. And yes, there are Palestinians that suffer, but it's complicated. It's not a simple issue. It's not just Israel being mean to them for no reason. And that's what these people are led to believe. And so they feel like, I, I got to be on the right side. I got to be morally, you know, morally good. And they think they are. And that's how they, that's how they get sucked into it. It's an oxymoron because most of the Palestinians working in Israel in these places, and then they're making all this stuff to sell in uh, overseas instead of say that when you do DBS, the Palestinians don't get work. Right, right. Like I said, they get deceived and they don't. They're not. They're not really well informed, and um, it's an emotional decision. And, and now, which I'm very surprised, I just heard a commentary gentleman out here, and that he was saying how the New York Times is being very blunt in the anti-Semitic Oh, yeah, they're, they're doing what the Nazis did. It's very dangerous. It's terrible. Yeah, and the New York Times is owned, and the founder was Jewish. Yeah, so it has three And they most recently had a, a very nasty uh, cartoon of... Uh, two. Of two. It's two of them. Two. And, you know, this is part of the self-hatred thing, and, and it also it also hooks in with the with the notion of us need to be morally right. Mm -hmm. um, it's very dangerous what they're doing. Maybe everybody's planning on being at the MOR. I hope you are this, this, this Sunday, but uh, I know our keynote speaker will actually be talking about some of these oh I didn't get a chance to look at it yet I'll have to look at it tonight yeah. I just hope he doesn't do what that one guy did at the church no, no, he's not, he's not going to do that is he he's not good we heard a Holocaust survivor at a Catholic church speak and he just went nuts putting Trump putting Trump down saying horrible things about Trump and it was really hard to sit through. I'll have lots of time to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was hoping that that wouldn't happen at the MOR. I think we need to leave that kind of stuff out of it. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing that's difficult for believers um, is the notion that if I'm going to share about the Lord, I'm going to share about moral things, which means right-wing issues, uh, which means abortion and gay rights and so on. While those are obviously moral issues, that's not what saves a person. Yeah, that's how they skirt the issue. Well, and, and it's, it's like Paul says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, for the sake of the gospel, the fact that you should die and rose again, you don't want to bring up anything right. that would needlessly distract and deflect from, from what the good news is about. That's right. That's a good point. But I can't understand, excuse me, understand, because 
I've walked the streets in Manhattan, and there's so many Hasidic Jews mm-hmm. walking because they're businessmen, mm-hmm. and they're uptown, downtown, and you know all over. And for the newspaper, for them to take the liberty of doing, taking the stands, it's a little scary because people are already, you know, anti-Jewish. That to be more, more building and more hostility, you know. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there was a lot. There was a lot of outcry about those cartoons in the Jewish mm-hmm. community. Yes, but New York Times, I don't think minds offending. But the idea of how who does it reach? The, it does reach the people who are on the border of I don't like the Jewish people and look, you know, I'm being supported by a big reputable supposedly reputable newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's false teaching. So Judy, um, in our neighborhood there's a man and his wife who are Jewish and um He's become an acquaintance. Uh, how do you approach a person to know where they are on the this continuum between orthodox and conservative and reformed? Um, how do you just begin to enter into the conversation to assess where they are? Well, you don't really have to put people in a box. Just get to know them. It'll become obvious. If you know them and you talk to them, you can, especially if they're neighbors and you can observe their their way of life. I mean, people love to tell you about them. Mm-hmm. Just like in business, if I said to you, "I want you to tell me what I need to do," you're like, "Whatever." But if I said to you, "I want you to tell me how you made your first million dollars," I am really interested in that. Boom, you are off and you're talking to me like there's no tomorrow. Because it's about you and it's about your story. People want to tell you their story. Mm-hmm. And case in point, for example, when when different holidays come up, such as Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, uh, you can ask. And this is something I think, if you recall, Bill was saying that rather than coming with an approach that said, I have a product I'm going to sell you, then you, you approach it from the perspective of, I have questions, I want to find out where you are. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, are you folks, are you going to uh, to synagogue, to shul, what, what are you doing, or Passover, um, do, you, do you have a Seder at home, do you go to someone's Seder, those kinds of things that uh, talk about what the person, what the person does. And as Judy was saying, uh, even if you were to get the person to say, I'm orthodox, I'm conservative, I'm a reform, there's so much overlap in terms of practice, in terms of belief among, among Jewish people that what really uh, makes the most sense is where is the individual on any particular issue. Uh, and I think, I think, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I think you know him well enough after spending a lot of time with him that there is no um, practice of his faith, right? I don't really know that. Oh. I know that uh, in our neighborhood is the uh, the string, the roof, the roof, and so the roof. 
May I take a moment and explain that? Yeah. Yeah, It's more there than is, a string. We, we are, by the way, within an Aruv. And Aruv means that when you go, you look up in, in, in the communities that have that, you look up and you see that there is uh, a string that connects the various electric poles. Mm -hmm. Fishing line, really. And, and the reason for it is that the rabbis determined that where you live within that, those communities, that a mother can push a baby buggy on Shabbat without this being considered work. Because, because, it, is, because it, it is considered to be part of your domicile, part of your house. So you have this string, and, and this is part of your community, and it's like part, an extension of your house, which means in your house, if you push a baby buggy, it's not considered work on the Shabbat. People spend people spend tens of thousands of dollars to 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 have those things set up in in three different places in Denver. There's one in, in West Side. There's one where we are, where we live, where the JCC, and there's one here. Um, These strings. And, and it is it is a big deal. Every Friday, uh, you have you have a specialist that goes around checking their roof to make sure it's intact, otherwise people have a problem. Is that only for mothers and baby buggies? Is that the only That's basically that it, work? yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that, that I didn't know that. Well, yeah. so anyway, this guy and I got on this topic, and he said, he didn't know what the name was, he says, I'll ask my wife. So the next day, he emails me and says, it's, a roof, it's a roof. Yeah, E-R-U-V. And uh, the way E-R-U-V, e the way she explained it to him, to me, third hand, you know, was that, uh, just what you said, but it was more than baby buggies and mothers. It was, you know, you are within a perimeter, so you have more freedom uh, on the Shabbat. Within a point, to yeah. a point. Yeah. By the way, uh, in, in the book of Acts, you have something like that. Uh, the disciples came back to Jerusalem, which was a Shabbat day's walk. Mm -hmm. Which means that they would not have walked farther than, I think it was about three quarters of a mile on the, on the Shabbat. Mm -hmm. Acts uh, chapter 1. Greg, from what you're describing, this fellow is not very religious. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't know what an Eruv is or uh, he doesn't keep his wife knew though. No. I didn't know. I I, know. I didn't know about that. I never heard of that. We we were at a uh, kind of a potluck thing in our neighborhood this one day, one evening and he and you know, we've said hi to one another, we didn't really know each other at the time. I'm going toward the food, he's coming away from the food and we stopped and said hi and he says, Are you Jewish? <laughs> and I don't know why he said that. Mm. You could have said something like, with a face like mine, what else could I be? <laughs> <laughs> Just as an aside, I don't want to tell you something here. It says, the East Denver roof is quite large, roughly spanning an 11-mile area. Wow. Interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah, we see, I see it all the time. It's right there. I see it. I've never noticed. Where do you see it? Just see right, right down the street. In our neighborhood. Oh, here we go. You just, you just, it's like a fishing line, and you just <coughs> go, 
Which yeah. might be that way. So <coughs> it goes all the way down, like toward Ace and over in the whole neighborhood in Greenwood Village. And it, it, yeah, and and when oh, the Jewish community moved here to this area, when yeah, when first of all there was the uh, the orthodox the uh, yeshiva outreach center on on Yosemite and Bellevue, and then that moved over to what is now Aish Denver. Then you had hundreds of people bought houses in order to be within walking distance. So of course they had to have an Aru. Sure. The real Aru will know. Absolutely. Because they asked. Yeah. Well, that would be important. If you have a religious Jewish clientele, I guess that would be important. I'm glad you brought that up because I learned something tonight. <laughs> well, I know, but I don't know what to call it. I know it was that, but I don't know what to call it. <laughs> what does a roof mean? Is there an actual meaning for the word? Or? You know, I'll have to, I'll have to go home and check. Believe it or not. This is here. <laughs> um, translates literally um, from the Hebrew as a mingling or mixture. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Yeah, but but that I, I think you may have two two words that sound very homonyms that sound very similar. Uh, yeah, a roof, a roof is like mixing meat and milk, and mm. so on. However, in modern speech refers to the joining together or integra integration of private and public spaces to create one larger domain in uh. which Jews can carry, push strollers, and so on during Sabbath. Okay, interesting. Mm. Well, I think According to the internet. public and private. Yeah. neighborhood in Borough Park. But the Jewish, especially Orthodox community, is growing so intensely that I think they've moved, they've stretched that because they've come up to the Catholic Church. <laughs> I mean, in New York, Anne's home, you know, was right across the street up from the Catholic Church, and I, I haven't been back in a long time, but from my feelings, like they're going to take over that school. It was a beautiful school that we had built, and the convent and everything. That the Catholic Church because it's you know waning that they can come in and then they can they stretch there obviously they must stretch it because they're orthodox yeah yeah so that they can live within that perimeter yeah you know it's really interesting what would be the biggest um, <clears throat> factor that that you maybe would know of why um, uh, what makes it so difficult, maybe, for them to have a relationship with a Christian? What What's the biggest factor that they? What do they need from us to, you know, to feel? I don't think it is hard for them. I don't. I don't think it's Christian Gentiles have a messianic, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be. It would. Yeah, it'd be more of a, a, a no no to be friends with a Jewish person that believes in Jesus than to be and friends Christian. with a Christian. Because it's a lot of Christians. And especially on the I'll give you an exa I'll give you an example. There was a woman who came here. She goes to um, 
Cherry, Cherry, I always forget the name of that church. Cherry Creek. Cherry the one that's the street. Yeah. Cherry Creek Press. Yeah. Okay, she goes there, and she has a Jewish friend. So she took her Jewish friend to church with her. Wow. I'm trying to remember which holiday it was. It must have been Christmas. Because they were drinking, they were singing a lot of, of, of him, a lot of songs. So it was probably Christmas, and they were singing carols and, you know. And she said, oh, she just loved it. She enjoyed it so much. She told me how much she enjoyed it. Then she brought her to CYT. Mm -hmm. I'm never going back there again. Why did you bring me there? Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't understand. What's the problem? And I said, I could tell you what the problem is. She went, and it's your church. She respects you. She re you're a Christian. She respects you for being who you are. She, she, she could appreciate the music. And that's it. That's all she wants. She doesn't want anything else. You bring, her to, you bring her to a congregation where there's Jewish people that are talking about Jesus. She's uncomfortable. She, she, these people are, there's something wrong here. I want out. And, and, then if, and then if she feels like her friend's trying to convince her that she should believe in Jesus too, and she should come here, forget it. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, part of the issue is that if you, if you have to talk to your Jewish friend, the, yeah. the, the boundaries are clearly drawn. Yeah. You are who you are. She is who she is. Exactly. When they come here, a person cannot say, uh, I'm not interested since I'm Jewish, because we would say, we are interested and we're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it makes it a lot more personal. Mm -hmm. But there's so, there's, me, there's so much teaching within Judaism as a young, as far as how far a child goes through yeshiva or schooling within learning the Jewish traditions and Jewish, how they're supposed to stand up for themselves, they teach them that, you know, how Jesus, Yeshua is, you know, he's a false, he's false, you know, it's a cult, you know, and they're taught that, that's why their back is up so quickly. They, they, uh, maybe, maybe not, but the, but the point is still, uh, you you ask a hundred Jewish people what they believe, they'll give you two hundred different answers, mm -hmm. except on one issue. They don't believe we in don't Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, when we were taking Michael's class, yes. uh -oh. <laughs> glad you're here, Michael. No, um, when we were taking Michael's class, um, it. Well, oh gosh. Wow, I just lost my train of thought. I can't believe I did that. Think, um, of, think about it, because we yeah, had another question. I have a question, too. Okay, so go ahead. Um, I was with a friend Sunday, and uh, she's Jewish, and our daughters are besties, and so we took our daughters, and we took their daughters uh, out for the morning, and our daughter has told her uh, all about what we're doing, and we've told her that, too. And so she said to me... Um, she wanted to know exactly where I was going. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I said we've been here for two years. You know, and they knew where we belonged before. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Well, what's Bob doing this morning?" And I said, "Well, he's got the he's got the synagogue boys at the house, along with Rabbi." And she <laughs> said, um, um, "She said, where is this?" And I told her, and she says. I really want to go with you. Ooh. And I said, oh, Carol, no, I'm not going to ride And I said, well, it's, you know, corner of Holly and Bellevue. And she says, and what time is it? And I said, it's 10 to 12. 
And she said, well, I'm going to call you sometime, and I'm going to go. I said, we're there every Saturday unless we're out of town, so you know where we'll be if you want to come. Yeah. And then I came home, and Bob said, what does she think? Doesn't she know we believe in Jesus? And I said, yeah, she has to know. I mean, yeah. So when Barb brings a, brings a friend, bolt everything. There's going to be trouble. I mean, she knows that... We'll jump on her and give her the, the four spiritual laws. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been to their house for Hanukkah dinners. We went to their grandbaby's naming yeah, ceremony where I sat on one side and Bob sat on the other side That's of the very, curve. Very orthodox. And um, they know who we are. And like, they were leaving our house one night and we were telling them that, you know, we were here. And, and she says, well, you know, we... We believe that Jesus was a great philosopher, and Bob goes, No, he wasn't! He's a savior! Great way to end the Great way to end the So, um... That's when, a that's when a question would have been a good thing. Like, really? What do you know about him? I'd, I'd really like to hear what you... What do you know about him? Tell me what you know about him. And, and, well, and start like, a conversation. You know, close to midnight, we were walking them to their yeah. car. We weren't going to have a conversation at that night day. Uh, but I'm wondering, when Jewish people come here, they obviously know what we do here. Right. So they must be open to that, right? I mean, nobody comes here and gets surprised. Same rule. Hundred different Jewish people, you'll get two hundred different answers. Oh, I thought, the, the, yeah, pretty that's much. A good point. Open to what? Yeah. Open to what? Open uh, to accept. I mean, maybe just to observe. Uh, that and uh, there was a uh, there was a gentleman in his eighties who came here. He was a Holocaust survivor. Um, he knew who we were, and he afterwards he says, "You, you have you, you do good work here." Wow. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you have a good community here. So for him, the fact that we are mishpacha, a community, and then there are other people who are looking for, for God, uh, like like uh, uh, Elaine, who has been coming from time to time. Um, she likes the fact that we are conservative politically. Uh, she Where she went before... They they welcomed they had a welcomed the uh, transgender day, mm -hmm. uh, but she really knows that we are about Hashem the God in a in generic sense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's like anybody to some extent. It's it's a journey, and different people you you, you run into, whether they are Orthodox or conservative or Reform. A reconstructionist or uh, renewal Judaism <coughs> or humanistic Judaism they're they're on a journey and some people know this much some people know this much and some people know a lot um, and so it's you that's the thing I think Judy you were saying um, you have or Michael will say as well, you have 100 Jews, you have 200 opinions. Mm -hmm. And generalizing is impossible. Yes. That's what I think. If you talk to folks that have come after a while and ask them, you know, what do you think, you'll get all kinds of answers. And I think 
the journey answer is very true. It holds very true. It depends on where each person is at in their journey to both discern and both to know what they like and what they don't like. Another question? I've come across something several times. Um, is it a common belief, maybe it's among more liberal views, that um, everybody will eventually reach the same point if they're seeking God, but that's all that matters? Sort of a universalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's also very Jewish because uh, the rabbis say that the righteous from from all from all nations will find a share in the world to come. It's one of the statements. And so the notion when we talk about Yeshua being the way, the truth, and the life. That doesn't fly real well because it's very, very narrow, very exclusive, very exclusive. You bet. Would even the Orthodox um, be that way? Because Solomon, the young man that I talked to, told me I that what I was doing was wrong. I mean, first he thanked me for telling him about Yeshua and called me his godmother because he read Isaiah 53 and he knew it was Messiah. But then he told me what I was doing was wrong because he said I was telling people what to believe. He said, you're a missionary, and you're telling people what to believe, and he said that's wrong. So, I mean, would, the, would um, all different varieties of Jews say that, that it's wrong to tell someone? Because from Jewish thinking, it, it's the notion that you, you are sitting in judgment on what they believe, and and you you are holding your own belief as superior to theirs. Well, anyone anyway, would say that, not just you. I mean, an atheist would say that if you approached yeah. them. But what what I was doing, I was just pointing out um, Old Testament passages about Messiah. But he still saw because I told him, you know, I was there at that New Age fair to talk to New Agers about. Yeshua, you know, then I was surprised to meet him, and that, but he just said, oh, it's wrong to tell someone. I can tell you from a Christian perspective how they sell Jesus to um, un the unsaved is to illustrate what he did for people, the, the peace and the, um, you know, the benefits of him. Um, and then who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that in their life? Who wouldn't want the kindness, the peace, the love that Jesus represented? So I think that's a kind of a good angle, mm -hmm. it a is. good approach, rather than, well, he said this, and he said that, and he says do this and do that. Well, no, and that's not yeah. what I was doing. And yeah. Because it was, I mean, because we had started out with Isaiah 53, and it was right during the fall holiday season. So that's the we stuff I was talking about. But surely the folks we at the New Age Fair, they're seeking peace. I mean, most people are, you know, they're, but they're yeah. really seeking it hard. And yeah, yeah, he does. Like so driving in a snowstorm, I remember being terrified when I, when I used to work and going, going to work in a terrible, you know, 
uh, with cars on your tail and in front. And I always used to picture Yeshua sitting next to me, and, and I had my song, Jesus is in my passenger seat. <laughs> 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 and you know, the incredible peace and calmness that brought to that But who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want a friend sitting there? You need to be careful with that. I, I know. I'm, I'm a neophyte. Well, I, I, this is not to belittle what you're saying. Right. Um, part of the challenge, particularly for us as Jews, is to say, to be honest with fellow Jews or any, any human being and say, you know, there are some things we just can't explain. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, particularly for us who have a Holocaust connection. Mm. Uh, you, you can try to explain it at the end of the day. There are no explanations. Mm -hmm. And you have to say, it's a mystery. It's beyond me. And then there's another issue. And that is, what if you lost, what if you, you're Jewish and you had grandparents and you loved your grandparents? And they were, you know, you had a great relationship with them, and they passed away, and you miss them, you love them. They were very Jewish, and then you, and then you try to tell this person that you should believe in Jesus, and you know, if you don't, I mean, it comes up, and this is a tricky, this is a very tricky issue to talk about to a Jewish person. If you don't, you know, you're going to go to hell. And I would never say that to a Jewish person. It may be true, but I would never say it, especially not in those terms. But then they're going to say, well, what about my grandparents? They were beautiful people. Are you going to tell me they're in hell now? Well, that's that's not a, just a Jewish thing. That's what it's cr not. Christians do then. And, and I mean, even like, I know it's you know, not just Jewish. It's not just Jewish. They've never heard of the word of God. Oh, they're doomed to, to hell. It's not fair. Let's listen to what let's listen to what David has to say. There is a difference. I know what you're saying. I mean, it's it's different. It's not, but it is different because you're asking somebody to, in their mind. It's not like you're sort of you're asking me to come to the. You're asking me to go to the side of the enemy. You're asking me to, go to, you're asking me to become different now all of a sudden. There's definitely a betrayal aspect more than I think someone who's not Jewish, quite frankly. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that statement. Her statement was, and correct me if I'm wrong, the statement was that we're talking to an individual about their family member is now burning in hell because they, are not, because they did not accept Jesus or Yeshua. I don't care if you're if you're white, black, Jew, or whatever. If somebody's telling you that your loved one is spending eternity in a hell, regardless of where you come from, that is impactful. If you're saying that's offensive, okay, sure. But in terms of adding to that, saying you need to imagine you believe in this thing, but my grandpa didn't. They went to hell. That's the that's the, the thing I'm talking about. I guess if you're saying if we're just talking about the issue of what you were implying or saying that your relative is, is in torment or whatever. Sure, that's one thing. I'm talking about the actual, you need to make it, you know, I'm asking you to believe in Yeshua, but my grandmother didn't. Are you saying, you know, it's almost like I'm 
betraying her, this, this relative. So right. Yeah. Yes, yes. The, and that you're right on that level. Okay. Yeah, I was taking it on the other. Yeah, it's so like it's, turning against everything that you are, everything that you were brought up to be, your culture, right. your identity, yeah. everything. It's like you're asking them to to turn against who they are. Especially, especially when both in the synagogue and in the church. You're told that once you believe in Yeshua and Jesus, you're no longer Jewish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The synagogue, the synagogue will tell you 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 have betrayed your people. Mm -hmm. The church will tell you uh, now you you have accepted Jesus. Uh, you're saved. The things that were old have gone away. Mm -hmm. So you were a Jew. Now you're a Christian. So a person like Judy, David, I, or any anyone else who's a believer has to wrestle with it. Mm -hmm. And so for us, in addition to the typical kinds of things that everybody has to wrestle with, sure. uh, we have that as uh, an additional, uh, additional uh, obstacle that we have to deal with. Is there the obstacle um, for, for, the, for the Jew? I've wondered this. Is, is there the obstacle of, okay, I, I've now, as a a non a non Christian, become Christian, if you will. The thing that for me that was always massively confusing was, okay, then why don't I end it right here and now? If I've accepted Christ, and I'm just using my terms from what it was back then, I've accepted Christ, and when I die, I get to go to heaven. That was the that was the object. That was the goal. Well, then, why am I still here? Let's end this, get this over with, and get on our way to the promised land. But that's right, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I think sometimes that we forget is it is not just about what's over here. It matters here. <coughs> And so when we talk so much about over there, what's the difference? The reason why I think, and I could be completely wrong, and so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We'll throw something at you. But I think <laughs> that the reason that your friend and your friend are asking and inviting and wanting to go and wanting to hang around you is they see something in you now that matters. It matters now. Otherwise, Stick a gun in your mouth and blow your head off and get it over with. You see what I'm saying? Because otherwise, if it doesn't matter now, if your belief in, in your relationship to God through Yeshua doesn't matter now and it's not changing things now, that's what they see, I believe. Because when I have, I mean, I just met this guy. Fly to, fly to Albany, New York. This guy, multi-multi-billionaire. I'm some punk. Punk something that gets to ride on his plane, fly out there, put in a goalpost. And this guy wants to sit and talk to me about, you're different. What is it about you? That, why are you so damn happy? I'm using his words. I'm like, well, and he goes, you must have had no trouble in your life. So I spent four years in prison. What? Yeah. Why are you so happy? Because it matters now. What you're Yes, exactly. And if I'm wrong, 
stone me <laughs> so I can get where I need to go. <laughs> that's my piece. And folks, Paul says that it is your job as Gentile believers to make us jealous. Yes. And reality is that the vast majority of us who are Jewish believers have come to faith through folks like you. Easily 80%, 90%. Mm -hmm. uh, not because you are brilliant and you present the, the uh, absolutely best theology, but because your life demonstrates the fact that God is with you. And that is what brought my father to, to into the kingdom. Praise God. And because, uh, he never, he and because they know you care. Huh? And because they know you care. And they, they know you care. It's and coming John, to And as John is saying, Judaism is big about what's here and now, not about the hereafter. And so is the New Testament, by the way. Right. We, we tend not to read it that way. Were you services on Shabbat? No, I was not. <laughs> I was talking to this multi-billionaire. I can just get a conversation. But there was some talk from the guy about uh, some of the here and now stuff that I think we tend to gloss over. Yeah. The way the verbs are used and the way the, the things are. I, I'd like to, uh, for the last three sessions, I'd like to thank Judy for all she's done, the material she's I brought. There's some stuff back here. I mean, this is not exhaustive. I think some of the stuff, as I mentioned at one point, you know, there's, there's overlap with just anybody you talk to. And there's some uniquely Jewish things that some of us may know all about and some may not. So I'd encourage you to come and, and, and look at uh, some of these things. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's all for free, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to add to that, if I could, David, to the fact that um, I was encouraging Judy from the very moment that I met you because I, I saw your heart and I saw what you offer just from from what you've experienced and so um, this has been life-changing and I thank you for that mm -hmm. I was encouraging I really wanted to hear what you had to say and I'm so glad that I did um, I admire you thank so you. much and from from I want to make one comment and that is from Michael's class there it was we had an opportunity and we heard and learned that it, it's about loving the Jewish people and having a heart for them. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know how that would be received by them, but there's a saying, you know, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. <coughs> and, and so I guess that there's the challenge. It's probably not going to be an overnight. You know, when we were going to Israel, I was like, quick, tell me, you know, give me five points, but, um, <laughs> but, but it's, it, it really, it really, is, they, they will know, they will know how much you care, and they will, you will have their ear at that point, I'm sure. Yeah. Real okay. quick question. Before. Yeah, and then we have to finish, right, we're already because we're over time. Right, because this is what I want to know. Did, okay. did you mention that, that in this group that the people are staying at your house this weekend? No. Before they go to speak? Rabbi, would it be okay if we pray for Judy and for John and for um, the Ruach to descend upon them while they have the opportunity for these people that are in their home? Just so, just so you know, the, the, there's people that are staying there. I mean, one gentleman, I served as an elder at a Messiah Jewish congregation in Maryland. Now, we're not exactly, maybe he's, his, some of his thinking has changed or whatever, and so forth. And his wife is a believer as well. Now, that's not saying we should not, but I just want to make it clear. Yeah, no, I didn't mean for, for salvation. Just, you thought these are non believers or something. They're, they're not 
Yeah, no, 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 I meant for the ability <coughs> to speak and for the, oh, yeah, that, okay, that's, yeah, that's and for the conversations and those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's do you need to ask if we can pray? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you? Please, can we? Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much. We thank you that you are, um, you are our everything, Father. And we thank you that uh, we are able to call you sons and daughters because of what Yeshua has done for us, Father. And we thank you for this opportunity this weekend um, to be able to to reach out uh, to a community, Father, to be able to reach out to the Jewish community and, and those that are uh, survivors, those that are the children and the offspring of survivors. Father, we don't want to forget, but we do want to remember that uh, you provide for us. And so we ask uh, humbly, Father, we stand before your throne and we ask for John and for Judy this weekend and for the men and women that are going to be in connection with them. Father, that you would provide your spirit, that you would provide your words to be spoken and in the conversations that exist in that home, Father, and in the conversations that exist in that uh, in that park. Father, when we pray for us, that you would give us opportunity, those that are going to be able to be there at the park, those that are not going to be able to be there, Father, that will be uh, at different locations, that you would put it in our mind to have conversations both to Jew and to Gentile, Father, about you and what you matter. We thank you for Judy. We thank you for John. And we thank you for the mission that they are partaking. And we thank you for their lives. It's in your son Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.